everyone, and welcome to episode 260 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. What's going on today, Richard? Going very well, just grinding some new standards. Ah, me too. It's uh, it's uh, one of the my favorite times of year. New set comes out, get to play new cards. It's always fun. But before we talk about new standard, we have another co-host who made it out of the airport eventually with <laughs> all of his commander decks intact. <laughs> that is Krim. Krim, good to have you back. I'm glad you made it out of the frozen tundra of Canada and back to uh, the United States. I'm I'm happy that I made it, but I'm even happier that my like commander decks made it. I mean, maybe maybe my friends aren't happy that my commander decks made it out, but like I'm very happy. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So our topics for today actually pretty straightforward. We're going to be talking Theros Beyond Death, uh, mostly in the context of standard. We have the set out on Magic Arena, Magic Online, getting our first little taste of tournament results in digital form. So basically, gonna talk about new standard, answer some fish mail. But before we jump into that, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit, and Card Conduit is the easiest way to sell Magic cards. If you're looking to avoid all the hassles and time that it takes to sort your collection and sell your collection, this new service from the folks at Card Hoarder will sort, grade, and sell your Magic cards. And once the ship is processed, you'll receive the proceeds minus their fee. And right now, you can get 10% off by going to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. So thank you so much to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And now, with our sponsorship stuff out of the way, let's talk new standard. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> uh, so uh, I assume that both of you have been uh, playing some standards since we had the, what the release was Thursday ish, although kind of like Friday or Saturday because Arena had had some issues with the new set coming <laughs> in. But eventually, a couple of days ago, we actually had new cards on Arena and got to start playing. So first off, what have you mostly been playing in Theros Beyond Death standards since uh, the set went live? <laughs> well, I've been I've been doing a ton of decks, right? I've played some really bad ones, and I, like, you know, like, I try to make Underworld, like, uh, Underworld Dreams work and all that stuff, but the things that stuck for me so far were Esper Hero, um, Azorius Control, Demir Control, and, uh, I, and also, I mean, I tried to make Grixis work, but that didn't work, and then I've been having fun with a Bant kind of boggles deck that has been i mean richard did get, like call it a little bit earlier where the mana base can be a little funny uh, but you know like i i've been trying to play that one and i'm trying to like fine-tune that deck and i've also played mono green Ooh, like a, a devotion ramp style shell or like an aggro mono green uh yeah a devotion style so like it's it's been pretty fun. I've been main decking like Destiny Spinner, uh, and I've been doing like the the Nyxborn Druid thingy and like Nissa and just go all in on the devotion like and whatnot <laughs> and just try to use Nyx Lotus. What a what's the payoff? Because I mean, if you have like Nyxborn Ancient Nissa Nyx Lotus, you're making like absurd amounts of mana. What do you do with all that mana in Mono Green? Uh, I make a gigantic. Well, it's it's Mono Green Splashing Blue. Uh, just for crisis. Oh, so we're, we're casting big, uh, big crosses. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty <laughs> much it. Like, that's all I'm doing with it. And it, it's been pretty fun so far. I've been at, like, it, 
obviously like loses to a single like board wipe, but like <laughs> like outside of that, like it's been pretty good. Like Yorvo has been doing work. The three green pips from it. A lot of the the triple like pip cards from like Eldraine have just been super sweet. Yeah, those seem like the the engine of most of the devotion decks. We've had like mono black people are playing. Er is a key piece of that. Uh, mono blue Gadwick is like the most important card. Haven't really seen much. I don't know if I've seen any actually mono red devotion. I I haven't played it and I haven't seen anyone play it. But I've seen I think every other devotion color. Mono white. Uh, have you seen mono white devotion? That's the devotion deck that I haven't really figured out yet. It's kind of like the Heliod aggro devotion is what I normally see, and it either like gets a really solid draw and it feels insane where there's like oh Heliod give Eden uh, Linden gain a million life make a huge board I kill you or it's like they draw a few extra lands you play a removal spell and their deck just like does nothing <laughs> yeah that that's the thing I like I tried to make a mono white deck work and it just felt like I died like if anybody like had re- a, a removal spell like my deck immediately slowed down um like it felt pretty bad there but maybe my build just wasn't perfect um I do however think that like mono green might actually like it sounds weird that I'm like excited on mono green when you have because you have cards like Vivian Arc Bow Ranger on top of that so and like, and then I do play Nylea. And so that, that, that has just been fun. I don't know. I like it. Yeah. And you get, I mean, you get a lot of, uh, card advantage, like in sneaky ways with the mono green deck. So it does seem like a, a cool devotion color. Richard, what about you? What have you been playing in Theros Beyond Death Standard? All right. So I've been playing Rakdos Knights since. since <laughs> Did, are there any since new cards? And I was like, are there any new my cards deck. in your deck? <laughs> Zero upgrades, <laughs> but it's still, nice. I think, one of the best decks. I was, like, smashing people left and right. Uh, then I got bored, and then I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll try some new cards because, you know, I don't want to just play, like, a straight 75 <laughs> holdover from last last standard. So, uh, like Krim, I went to my, my tried-and-true mono green, my pet deck, uh, Great Henge Giant Growth. I'm like, okay, we have Shadow Spear now. I can, like, actually get through chump blockers. And then your payoffs are... Uh, you can have Nylea uh, and other top end cards like that, but the deck still sucks because it's still <laughs> it doesn't play any interactions. So combo decks and like creature based combos like still kill you. It's too slow for control decks and fighter decks. It only beats up on other like mediocre creature decks. So I shelved that. Uh, but while while getting stomped in queue, I saw someone playing an Enchantress deck. So I built my Enchantress deck. Unlike Krim, I decided to go only Celestia. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get the blue in there. <laughs> but basically, Karametra's Blessing, which if you don't know what it is, it's an instant, one white, uh, so what, like one CMC. Target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. If enchanted creature or enchantment creature, it also gains hexproof and indestructible. Now, if you have a uh, seasoned growth, or what's it called? Season of growth. Uh, battle yeah, season, season of, of growth, growth, yeah. That's Autumn's Veil, if you didn't recognize. And also, it's indestructible. So it actually keeps your creatures through Wraths. And on top of that, since your enchantment deck and your enchantment removal is probably like banishing light type cards, it, uh, you know, you have Alcides of Life's Bounty, which gives enchantments protection as well as another creature. So it's actually just straight up Bogles. Uh, I use Paradise Druid as a 2-1 hexproof and combine that with Sentinel's Eyes and uh, Sentinel's Mark, they give your creatures vigilance. Uh, Gideon in the sideboard also gives you vigilance. So you have a hexproof creature. 
you load it up with an all his glitters, uh, give it trample with success in training, uh, and then people are dead. And uh, it's <laughs> actually really, really good. <laughs> like, I actually think it's really good. I played a lot of Bogles and Pioneer, and it feels exactly the same way. Do you actually tap Paradise Druid for mana, or do you have to, like, not tap it because you're afraid of like turning off the hexproof and it dying depends like you could accelerate into your Satestan champion if you feel they don't have removal or end of turn you usually tap it so a common play pattern is you keep it untapped they tap out during their turn at the end of their turn you use it to flash in sentinel's mark or karametra's blessing and then draw a card with season of growth while they're tapped out uh, but typically it's just a vigilant creature that goes to town people can't deal with it and even if you have a board wipe you just care metro's blessing to keep it alive so <laughs> the only way to get rid of anything is to sacrifice creatures so like priest of forgotten gods but we have uh siona captain of the Pleiades. so when you enchant something you get a one one creature <laughs> so you can keep pumping out little dorks as sack fodder uh so i think this deck is actually really good <laughs> like i'm like not trolling it's actually a good deck <laughs> I yeah, Karametra's blessing is really insane. That's a card that I think it might have came out like during the last day of spoiler season even, and I just like didn't really pay attention to it. But I that card has blown me out in limited like a million <laughs> times. Like I constantly get blown out by that card. It's showing up at standard, and I think it's gonna show up in Pioneer Boggles too. Like if you look at oh, yeah. Pioneer Boggles, their big issue is you don't get the like totem armors, so you're really susceptible to rasp, but because yep. it gives indestructible too that card seems like it might make Pioneer Bogles into, like, an actual tier deck, or at least move it up a tier, uh, just, like, by itself. That card is so insane. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> I, I definitely got, like, paired against another deck using that. I was like, is it time, it, like, if, if it ever gets bad enough, do I have to start doing, like, like, Shadow Spear just without a creature in my deck at all to equip Shadow Spear to? <laughs> like, I'm, like, tired of indestructible. Like, I don't want to get blown up by indestructible anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, and I- the, the, the kicker is you have Destiny Spinner in the set as well, which really locks out control decks because creatures and enchantment spells you control can't be countered. So combine that with Karametra's Blessing, it's like you have this... Basically, everything is a Carnage Tyrant that's indestructible, right? Like, like you can protect Destiny obnoxious. Spinner. You can, like, yeah. it's just like, wow. You can protect all of your obnoxious sideboard creatures because <laughs> you enchant them and then Karametra's Blessing, right? Like, Hushbringer, Apostle Purifying Light is hilarious. <laughs> like, it's super obnoxious to play against. <laughs> Yeah, I have not played against it yet. I've been also, like, messing around with it as a potential, like, budget magic deck, and it does seem super annoying. And I, I don't, when I put it together, I didn't know you were playing it. I didn't know Krim was playing a version of it. Uh, when I put it together, I was like, oh, this will probably be, like, a decent budget deck. And then when you start playing, you're like, wow, this deck actually feels, like, surprisingly powerful. And you play against, like, decks that were legitimately top tier, like the Simic Ramp decks and Mono Black and all these decks, and they really struggle to to keep up with just like these indestructible bogglesy creatures so yeah that deck's exciting i'm mostly though uh on my end been trying to do big splashy things like thassa is probably the card that i've played the most i've been like addicted to the mono blue devotion deck oh no 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 no, we're we're not thassing our our enchanted creatures no 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 but (laughs) i think mono blue devotion's been a deck that i've had a ton of fun with i i think that deck it's going to be interesting. Like, Nyx Lotus is definitely busted, and it's a card that I think I really underestimated how powerful it would be during spoiler season. Uh, I think Mono Blue Devotion kind of has a chance. Like, 
uh, Fasa into Cavalier uh, of Gales is very powerful, and then you blink it, and then you got Agent of Treachery. I've also been, like, trying to work with, like, Fasa Yaraki Elemental-style decks, which I don't know how good they are, but they're really fun when they go off. And then the other deck I've mostly been working on is just kind of like a Bant Euro ramp deck. You have so many card draw spells, and you get, like, Binding of the Titans to fill your graveyard, and then you get Dream Trawler, and I think we got to talk about Dream Trawler for a minute. Dream Trawler is a card that I don't think we really mentioned. I think we said, like, oh, it's like a better prognostic sphinx or something. But to me, Dream Trawler might be the best card from the set that I've seen. Like, whenever my opponent plays a Dream Trawler, I I don't think I've ever won that game. And whenever I've played a Dream Trawler, I don't think my opponent's ever won. Like, have you guys had that same experience with Dream Trawler just being, like, utterly unbeatable? I think Dream Trawler limited. Yeah, well, in limited, it's it's ridiculous. I've had to play like, uh, what is it, the something Farika's whatever, make him sack a creature. I've like, I saw blue and white. I just held it all game because I don't know who was a master and open one, right? So like, I was just like, uh, I'm just gonna play around a dream trawler and I'm gonna always have this. <laughs> and like, I was killing little one twos and things like that to get it out. Always like, no, 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 no. We need you to have only one creature. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like, in Constructed, like, it felt great out of my Esper Hero deck, out of the Esper Midrange deck. But when I I did feel like when I was playing my Control deck, it was a little bit easier to deal with. Because <laughs> it finally gave me something to kill with my, like, board wipes. <laughs> that That is true. It does get board wiped, and it is counterable. So I think that that is, that is a way to potentially deal with it. But I think it's been... I've seen it be very impressive. Oh, yeah. uh, It doesn't take that many hits for it to just run away with the game. And the combination of, like, lifelink added on to it being incredibly hard to kill outside of, like, board wipes once it hits the battlefield, it just, like, swings the race so quickly. It's, it's like, so demoralizing because you (laughs) I've been playing, like, random aggro decks and you get your opponent down to, like, five and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then they play Dream Trial and you're like, oh, no. And then they're back up to, like, 20 after two turns. You're just like, oh, come on now. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a really good finisher, right? Like a seven drop, realistically a seven drop that is unkillable. As soon as they play it, if you're not some kind of weird unfair deck, like if you're just a creature-based deck, it's over. Which I think is the way it should be, right? Like when your control opponent gets a seven mana, the game should be over and it shouldn't drag on for eight more years. So I, I'm, I'm fine I, with this. I'm sorry. Like I, I still, like I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I think Dream Trawler is like a cool magic card. It's great, but I'm, it's just not Etherling for me. I still want an Etherling. <laughs> <laughs> like that was actually unkillable, right? Like Etherling was amazing. <sighs> Isn't Dream Trawler better than Etherling? I mean, no, Etherling can blink. Yeah. Etherling yeah, na- but it- actually like, so when I resolved that, I knew I was there, there was like, no way to kill that unless I tapped out, right? But what if they just like bolt your face? I mean, yeah, if I <laughs> Dream Trawler takes remove, care of like that issue. If they remove me, then okay, that makes sense, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> granted that I feel this is like a Bane Slayer or something, right? Like you drop it, yeah, it has reasonable protection, it's and you're going to probably win, <laughs> right? I've just been seeing it like in control decks, like as your finisher, right? And and maybe more in like tap out control, that's fine. But like I've I've seen like it go into like draw go decks and I'm like hold on <laughs> if I pay six mana in a draw go deck 
and then it just gets it just turns on their 19 shatter the skies and kaya's wraths <laughs> that doesn't feel great right like so what, what's so, the preferred what's the preferred control finisher castle ardenvale <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh no you think i'm kidding oh my god you think i'm kidding but i'll tell you this on my stream right now they have seen me go the distance where oh we're just gonna do land go okay pass end of the turn make a token <laughs> pass <laughs> attack pass <laughs> Like just, I guess that's slightly faster than Drown Yard. Is it though? What if they have like blockers? Well then, we just gotta go wide. And then you're like control deck. I, I gotta hold a removal because they might play a real threat. So we'll just keep that blocker and then just do nothing for another eight years. I mean, I am, I, I indulge myself when it comes to just doing a whole lot of nothing for a long time. Also, I play Narset with emergency powers and like the moral, like the the demoralizing feeling usually causes people to concede. <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, when I cast a six mana creature in a draw go deck that I like, you know what I mean? Like I, I wanted to actually like live. <laughs> I, I am. So, I, I might be spoiled, though, because Etherling to me was just like, oh, that was perfect. So, so I've been. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of six drops, what do you guys think of the Titans so far? Even though none of them are actual six drops? Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> so, Uro, like, okay, everybody is, like, I was talking to some people at the pre-release and whatnot, right, over the past weekend, and everyone feels like Uro is, like, crazy high power level, and I really, I, I feel like it is really good, but I think it's it only feels, like, that ridiculously busted because everything in Simic is that busted. So, like... <laughs> As cool as control is, like, pretty much any time I play against Simic, like, everything has to go. Like, there's not many things that can stay on the board. Like, Nissa can't happen. Like, Krasis just does happen. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I've noticed that Simic just has so much high power, like, so many high powered cards. Yeah, I feel the same. I it, think Uro's kind of sucked. Here. I haven't actually seen a lot of Uro. I've seen way, way, way more Kroxa. It's not even close. Like, so many more shells have Kroxa. Uh, Rakdos Sacrifice shells, yep. Zav, weird shells like that. Yep. Whereas, like, Uro, like, gain three life, draw a card, blah. Like, usually Simic doesn't have a way to fill their graveyard as fast, so it doesn't matter. Right. Whereas that Kroxa actually comes into the battlefield because they're sacrificing all of their fodder. Uh, discarding a card is actually pretty annoying. I've, uh, but I think Kroxa is a real deal. <laughs> I think Kroxa is actually more I, I love Kroxa. I mean, I, I think Uro is great in the shells that it's in. Like, Simic does have Cavalier, right? Cavalier does a very nice job of throwing away a ton of cards. But, like, yeah, like, that's... Simic, Simic to me, is still disgusting. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I've run into Kroxa also, but, like... Um, both, both have been very good. Both the gods, or I mean the, the Titans have been very good. I've had like the exact opposite experience of Richard actually, but it might be the, the decks that I've been playing. I have not been scared of Croxa. Like I see it, I'm like, sure, like three me, like bring, bring it on. Like, <laughs> so, but I've been playing uh, a lot of Uro and I've thought that Uro has been very good. I feel like you do have to build around it a little bit, but I feel like you have the, the tools to do that. Cavalier is an easy one. I've been really impressed with Binding of the Titans. That's a card that I've been playing as a four of. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's well, spicy. It, I like that. 
Well, it stocks your graveyard, for one thing. It also hates on your opponent's graveyard, so you blow out random, like, gutter bones and croxes and whatever. Uh, and it really speeds up the process of, of getting your Uro going. So I think Uro's been really good. I feel like people just haven't really built around Uro much yet. I feel like people put more effort into their Croxidex with, like, oh, playing it with Lazav or whatever, when when people haven't really explored the possibilities of Uro. So I've been playing the Bant deck with Uro. With Uros and Cavaliers, Tamios, Binding of the Titans, Dream Trawlers uh, in the deck as well. And I actually kept, like, getting up to, like, 60 life and then decking myself uh, and losing because of it. So, <laughs> Hydroid Crosses. So I was, like, easily winning these games, but then I just kept running out of cards so i finally had to add a couple of thassa's <laughs> oracles uh just because i kept decking myself accidentally and that really uh improved the deck a lot so <laughs> i think Ro has has a lot of a lot of potential but you just gotta build around it a little bit i feel simic is so high powered that earl is just another thing that kills you yeah <laughs> uh, the, mo- the card i'm most scared of in in simic decks is actually thassa yeah like that card is disgust like no matter what like you you blink a cavalier you blink an agent of treachery like anything it's over uh and then of course you always have the tried and true like nissa hydroid crisis garbage that kills everyone like i, I don't know like I, all of these things are like must deal with yeah like that's so, what i that, yeah. that's what i was like I, like i was saying i feel like everything in simic just that can't resolve i can't let you have that no you can't have that it's like well i died one of them stuck one of 60 <laughs> cards in their deck happened i died but like for me it's been the same card over and over it's nissa it's been yeah, it's been nissa that makes things like like i've i've been waking up in cold sweats just to nissa like legitimately since it's happened right like i think that card is ridiculous <laughs> it does so many things and it it allows them to go wild and they get to go aha a gigantic mass manipulation steal your board or or you know what i mean like there's just so many things and it feels bad like at times i i wish veil of summer like th- okay this may sound ridiculous but <laughs> at times i was like man if i had a veil of summer here <laughs> This mass manipulation would be a joke. <laughs> but then I realized if it were legal, then also like 90% of my deck is a joke. So <laughs> I mean, you let your opponent resolve like a five mana spell followed by like a 15 mana spell. <laughs> I, I think I think you deserve to die there. I mean, okay, I but also at the same time we were just mentioning, you can't, I, I'm just not made of counter spells. It's not like... <laughs> Aren't you, Crib? I thought you were. What you know what? Sometimes on? I draw removal spells. Maybe I draw, maybe I draw lands, okay? <laughs> Sometimes... I stumble if you would. Nissa is definitely busted. I think there's probably a strong argument that Nissa might be the best card in standard right now. I, no, I still, I still feel that. That's the problem. I, I, I actually want my opponents to cast Nissas. We do, we do, what? Like, <laughs> no, it's yeah, because my boggles. Like, yeah, I play boggles, <laughs> or if I'm playing Rakdos or anything, like Nissa doesn't do much. It's only like Nissa. They untap Krasis maybe, but usually you can kill the Nissa on the first swing, right? You just gotta play like <laughs> aggressive creatures. Embercleave is still a real card. Embercleave is probably the best card I think in standard. Oh my! Oh Nissa. no! I mean, maybe maybe Embercleave <laughs> is one of my least favorite cards in standard. That card gets me so much. That's another one where you're like, oh, okay, we're doing all right. Yeah, they got some creatures, but they're not that big. And then it's just like, oh, ten you, and I'm like, oh, come it, it fixes come everything, on. right? You're just like, oh, okay. 
Embercleave, you take 20, you're dead. I I tried I tried yeah. Naya also, like speaking of boggles, for Embercleave. <laughs> and I realized that, oh, hold on. This is not nearly as sweet when I have one creature. <laughs> yeah. Five, Five mana. mana. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Also double red. Uh, all right. What about what about our planeswalkers? Elspeth was a hotly contested card. What have you guys seen? Elspeth? Oh Elspeth? yes, that card is so good. That card is sweet. Like both the planeswalkers were extremely underrated going into the set. Like Ashiok, trash. Not Teferi, hero of Dominaria. Elspeth, trash. Right. Like, but in my opinion, I I've played against both of them um i played i like i think elspeth is just very very good for six mana and only exiling four other cards like that is that is a deal i'll take that deal every time and i just and like i've had people go and do it all in the same turn right like they play an elspeth they like you know they minus to like pump their two creatures play another elspeth or cast again from the graveyard make two one ones and it just felt like it was impossible to outgrind Elspeth. I thought Elspeth is good the whole time. Although, honestly, I haven't really seen many people playing Elspeth. I haven't played. I haven't played against many Elspeth. So I, I have seen a lot of Ashioks, and Ashiok has been reasonably impressive. Like it, it hasn't been like it hasn't blown me away, but it is a card that has been good when it's hit the battlefield. So uh, I think that Elspeth, though, uh, is definitely probably underrated by the community at large uh, and is a very strong card. Yeah. yeah, I take it all back. I said she was trash. <laughs> She's like, OK, like I so I played against her several times, like usually um, mono white or black white shells player. If you don't have a questing beast, it's pretty bad. <laughs> like she just like <laughs> minus two, minus two, minus one, and that's a ton of damage and pressure. Or if you just have two creatures out, just that minus one, uh, the four damage, additional damage is a lot. And plus she escapes. Yep. However, I still contend that if you play Questing Beast, Elspeth is a joke. <laughs> so I, uh, I, like I, I don't play, know, right? <laughs> planeswalkers in general feel like they could possibly a joke be a joke. No, if, but like Ashiok could come down. Let's say there's a Questing Beast on the battlefield. You could like Ashiok and like bounce and kill the Questing Beast. Right? <laughs> Elspeth does absolutely nothing. Make two one ones. It's like a raise the alarm for four mana. So speaking of Questing Beast, though, that's a card that I haven't seen nearly as much as I used to like i feel like oh, it'll since we've gotten the new set and and maybe that'll change maybe people are just like trying out the new cards and people will <laughs> get back to questing beast but i haven't played against that many questing beast decks yeah it'll it'll return <laughs> it'll, it'll return. return i'm pretty sure gruel is still one of the better decks uh speaking of green cards though what when i was playing my mono green deck one card that really stood out to me was the first ironian games it's the Ooh, saga yeah, yeah. where make you a make gold. a Make of one one, not the gold part. <laughs> part two is put put four plus one plus one counters. Part three is draw a card if you have a creature of four power greater, and then make a gold. I actually found that card to be really really good. Like three mana four four, draw a card, make a gold, uh, pump your creature like whatever. Like you can pump your questing beast or whatever, get more damage. And mm-hmm. I actually thought that card was actually pretty good. Yeah, I think it has I, a, a high ceiling. Although the card draw, you have to have a creature power for a greater right for it to work so if yeah. your opponent like keeps your board in check then all of a sudden you like get kind of not much of anything for your for your investment like you play you and make a one one if then you play they, it, like, they shock your shock your one one <laughs> then you do like nothing <laughs> but you're green you have like questing beast and you have uh 
what, what's the five five? <laughs> Love struck beast. Yeah, you have like all oh, these like yeah. giant creatures just sitting around, or you have like the one one token from Love struck beast, which you could put your token, your plus one plus one counters on. It's usually not Dude, a problem. Diversify your threats. Put all your tokens on. Uh, put all the one one counters on the one one, so questing beast can't attack. <laughs> I mean, uh, love struck beast. Love struck beast. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I, I, I think that card was pretty sweet. In like, I definitely loved it in in my uh, like pre release pools. But I, I, I tried that card in the mono green deck, and like since we don't have like. A, like a Llanowar elf or anything like that. It's been a little interesting. I've had to. I tried to do Edgewall Innkeeper with goose, that goose and like goose. Yeah, I mean, I do. I, oh yeah, you have goose. That's right. You do have that. I didn't. I didn't really play goose. Maybe that I should also. Yeah, add no, that. you should. You should have played goose. <laughs> so, uh, looking at the tournament results of the challenge, the most played deck by the looks is probably mono black some sort of like uh, some version of gray merchant mono black what have you thought about the mono black decks uh how good do you think they are i think one of them finished uh undefeated but then lost in the finals to white weenie so they actually got second <laughs> overall in the tournament but what has your uh experience been with the the black devotion decks i feel they fold to control decks no, like without without uh, Nightmare Shepherd, I think the deck is pretty questionable. I miss, I definitely miss uh, having a consistent source of card draw. Like no, uh, you miss the un- under under what is it? <laughs> the thingy that taps. You the oh yeah, it's Thoughtseize that you definitely. But I mean, agonizing you have remorse. The three mana card draw if you really want to play it, right? The black, black, black. Right. Three. Well, yeah, but that kills you. <laughs> uh, you have Grey Merchant. Gary, Gary's there for you. Easy. That's, that's Easy. just play through it. Play through the pain. <laughs> I mean, I I've found that like you can like it's a little bit slower, but you know you do get the agonizing remorse card. Um, that's been that's been a kind of an all star. I've been I've been I've been liking that card too. And out of mono yeah, black, I think agonizing remorse is very solid as well. Yeah, like being able but to I, pick off an Uro with it is pretty sweet too, like permanently. It's definitely not thought seize. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not thought seize level, but I think it's comparable to like thought erasure yeah. in power level. I mean, you have that as your kind of discard spell, but yeah, your your draw engine is what you need, right? Like so that's kind of been the thing. So I guess you have like the priest. Yeah, like I mean, some versions play Midnight Reaper, and then you know, they combine that together with the cat con like, you know. It's pretty much mono black cat oven with uh, yeah. devotion. Cat, cat is still around. Yeah, yeah cat <laughs> devotion. It's interesting in the the challenge. If you look at the mono black list, the cat oven builds are actually the ones that performed the worst uh, out of the mono black decks. And then the build that ended up performing the best didn't have any cat ovens and kind of like minimal sacrifice synergies. It has Yara and a couple of woe striders, but it's not heavily on that. But it had four dread presence which I thought was interesting. That's a card that I hadn't been playing in any of my mono black decks, and that is a consistent source of card advantage. So maybe that is maybe that is a potential solution that someone figured out. I also love that the mono black deck that did best has four specter shrieks in the sideboard, so they do kind of have thought sees, especially since Aha. so many people are playing black decks at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Like I that was one of the 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 nightmare thing, the dread nightmare, was a card I was talking about like um, a while back as like a potential thing to play if mono, like if mono black were to be good. And I'm glad that somebody else is actually like doing it 
because that makes me extremely excited because that card is sweet. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of it. I, I love that uh, it, it's card advantage. It's a way to burn uh, and close out the games. So is there uh, anything else that is especially impressed you in our very first, like, initial reactions to Theros Beyond Death Standard? Oh, uh, I think I think some cards that have definitely impressed me are the Uncommon Sagas. The Uncommon Sagas. Yes. Like, uh, Metamize Prophecy was really sweet in, like, tap-out control decks. Obviously, like, the... I mean, this one's not a saga or uncommon, but Omen of the Sea or whatever has been really good. And then I really like... I like um, Elspeth's Recurring Nightmare or something. And then even the, the white one that fetches a planes yeah, and then I've gives you a, a wall. Yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, that... A lot of that in Doom Foretold decks and Orzhov decks. Yeah. And it's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, like... actually pretty good. Those uncommon ones are just, like, they... they crept up on me i didn't think they'd be that good i was like uh whatever and then i played them and dude oh my gosh also the value on like of of a uh, uh, metamized prophecy and then bouncing it back to your hand with teferi after you've casted the part where you draw to like it's just a sweet cheap turn like it sets up your next few turns and sometimes you could do the sick bluff and say like board wipe is what i'm gonna cast <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> Oh, and then, I was so get got by that. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you give I up a won't card, commit you give more. Up a card? Wow. <laughs> Speaking of sagas, I th- feel like uh, Elspeth. Oh no, glorious return. Whatever, oh, whatever the the Elvis Wait. conquers death. Elvis yeah, conquers is, death. <laughs> yep, that card. Yeah, El- yeah. <laughs> he's alive. I tell you, <laughs> Elspeth conquers death. Uh, uh, that has been very uh, impressive in some decks. I ran up against the decks that was playing. It was kind of a Abzan uh, Calyx Enchantress deck Ooh. that was like ticking up and ticking up, playing uh, Elspeth Conqueror's Death, and then trying to ultimate uh, Calyx to get it back and have, like, this slow sort of enchantment saga loop, which was pretty cool. So I feel like that's been a... I mean, uh, I feel like that's been pretty good. It's like the Eldest Reborn, and Eldest Reborn was very strong in its standard. I think that Elspeth Conqueror's Death is similarly powerful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's another card that has just been, like, stellar inside, like, a a tap out like blue white deck or any kind of just white deck having that Elspeth conquers death has been huge um I've I've loved that the exile 3 CMC or greater helped me deal with gods stuff like that what about the other end has there been anything that you've been like oh I thought this was going to be sweet but so far it hasn't actually been as sweet as I was hoping uh Perforos. <laughs> oh yeah, I have had similar, similarly disappointing experiences with Perforos. Also, Pelucranos, I I think was hyped when it was spoiled, and I haven't seen it see much play. And when it has saw play, it hasn't been overly impressive uh, that I've seen. There's still time. I believe. I believe in uh, Pelucranos. I believe in that card. What's so, What's so good about Pelucranos? I, I, okay, I just was he actually believe. hyped. <laughs> I, just <laughs> I mean, I understand if you're playing a creatureless control deck and you somehow escape this, so it's like gigantic. But uh, it's like, uh, was it Ugin's Conjurant or whatever? Oh, like, why would you play this? It just like gets Ugin's Conjurant didn't have escape. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Clothis. I haven't seen any Clothis at all. Strangely, I, I wonder if Gruul decks are actually putting her in. Yeah, I haven't seen anyone play that either. I haven't I actually have... played against a Gruul deck, so I'm not, I'm not sure. 
I I have seen uh, Elspeth or uh, no Kiora best the the sea god actually show up in a couple of decks and that card might be better than people are giving it credit for. Like, uh, it's unbeatable and limited, but if you actually ramp into that, it's pretty scary and constructed as uh, two, I think. A single counterspell, too. (laughs) Like, what? How can you play this? I'm... I mean, you play Agent of Treasury and stuff like that if you're ramping enough. Yeah. Like, it's not that much different. Yeah. You just have so many bombs that, like, it's pretty much like, oh, can this resolve? No? Okay, I'll just do the next one. Can I do it again? Wait, can, can, can Tassa blink this? Is Tassa just a creature? It is no, a creature. it's only creatures. Oh. Oh, oh. If it blinked a permanent, oh my god. Oh, that would be insane. <laughs> now, that, now that's what I call pod racing. <laughs> like I know... I know it wasn't hyped uh, by us, but Eidolon of Obstruction has been as bad as I thought it would be whenever anyone's cast it. Like, uh, yeah, that, that's cute. What is Eidolon of Obstruction it, again? It, it does not make the 75. <laughs> it's the 2-1 first strike that... Oh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Planeswalker, Planeswalker, yeah. I mean, the art is gorgeous. I, I saw one in foil. <laughs> that counts for anything. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, the, another, uh, the card that's kind of let me down or, or like is yeah like perforos nylea so far things that are the surprise cards for me are i think like ephemia and like temerit calls the dead those have been pretty sweet uh and treacherous blessing i think those are some of the cards that have been really surprising me so far yeah also i would say uh enigmatic incarnation that's oh, a card yeah, that yeah. was obviously sweet but i'm surprised at like how quickly people have been able to figure out some sweet enigmatic incarnation decks i know there's one that like huey was playing on the preview stream last week and it was really sweet and i've seen other people working on like five color builds of it so it it's much easier to pull off than i thought when i heard like oh you need enchantments and you need creatures i was like uh, can you actually like find a deck that like hits both of those marks and is still consistent and and the answer is definitely yes. And once you have it on the battlefield, it really is very Birthing Pod-esque. That's, that's another deck I've messed around with a little bit, where you can just, like, if you need to deal with an artifact or enchantment, you get a Knight of Autumn. If you need card advantage, you can snag Satessin Champion and uh, just kind of work your way through the curve and, like, pick off whatever you need to. So I think that's been uh, way better than I thought it would be uh, immediately. Yeah, that that's that deck was very, very sweet. I, I played a four-color version with black and all the colors except for red um and like dryad of the elysian grove is like the only card you probably play four of uh like because like, I, I i like i think huey's list was sweet um and yeah like dryad being an enchantment and a creature allowing me to ramp oh that was perfect i've been also like playing like it like it i love the enigmatic thing because it does something immediately you know what i mean like it, it isn't like vanifar where i have to hope that vanifar untaps and i get to do something with it like yeah you get the end step value so you immediately get something yeah like that's been huge and i and because of how many people just like been playing like simic ramp steal your stuff i've been playing tristani left and right <laughs> Ooh, on the disappointing wow. end or maybe just like i haven't seen it end uh hactos the unscarred i know that Ter- was like kind of debated person. how good it would be but <laughs> was anybody uh, ever like I've, that i played against it <laughs> it's it's so slow and irrelevant. I, I was playing Bogles naturally. They're like Hactos. I'm like, okay, deal with my 2020 life linking trampler. You get protection. <laughs> it's too slow. And the mana cost is absurd. It's like you gotta play Boros, first of all. You have to be Boros. You can't be anything but Boros. Uh it's just way too slow. And we don't have good equipment. Like, what do you like equip a 
shadows. I guess Embercleave. And <laughs> you well, Embercleave also this, it has right? protection from it. So oh, you can't even wait. What? Yeah. 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 No, 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 no. You you have to choose. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Yeah. I was like, Embercleave's three mana, right? No, no. Embercleave's actually like six. Embercleave is three mana. (laughs) That's the cost I usually pay for my Embercleaves. Okay. I get a good deal. (laughs) That's that's how you know Richard's been playing aggro. (laughs) What do you mean Embercleave isn't three mana? (laughs) Have you seen uh, many of the interventions in action? I feel like I've seen I've seen the blue one often, the black one a little bit, and then red, white, and green. Basically, not at all. I think I saw the red one once, maybe. Um, I've seen the white one. I play the white yeah. one out of the sideboard, and and then the it's like the Esper ones, <laughs> the red one, no, the green one, definitely not. In well, at least not in constructed. <laughs> I did I did have somebody cast it in uh, at the pre-release and they went and got a ton of their lands and i was like yo where's seth at this is deck thinning right here dude look at this they're, they're, they, they only have action in their deck right now it was like late game they drew all the, the rest of their lands and i'm like dude seth and then you and then you killed him I mean, <laughs> with a handful of lands nope we drew oh. <laughs> Which, by the way, for the pre-release, for any of those that have played and just, like, the limited format, the format's so grindy. And then on top of that, when you slap two-headed giant on top of that, it's even slower. <laughs> I th- I feel like I went to time every round. Uh, yeah, I had someone complaining about that on Twitter. so many people. So, okay, you should listen to nothing I say, because for the first time in my life, I got destroyed and limited. I played five pre-release events on Magic Arena, my best record was three wins because I clearly do not know what I'm doing. It's like everything is removal. Like literally like every deck has like 10 pieces of removal because there's just so much enchantment removal and yeah. everything's an enchantment. Oh, and then you have the actual removal cards that are enchantments. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, most, like a lot of my games just go down to like wet noodle fights where <laughs> you just stall out. And then you're like, well, you have eight cards in your deck. I have nine. Should I not cast my card draw spell? Because we're probably not going to get anywhere. And I'm going to deck myself first. (laughs) And then we just deck ourselves to death. Because the creatures have such high blocking ability. But like no offensive ability. Everything flies. Everything is removal. Traditional bombs aren't even traditional bombs. Because you can remove gods and things like that. Planeswalkers Um, don't even stay that long. Yeah, so I'm like, I don't really understand anything about the format, except that it's incredibly grindy, and you should probably play five color all of your rares and mythics. Oh, and Dream Trawler's <laughs> unbeatable. <laughs> yeah, Dream Trawler's unbeatable. <laughs> but it's a pretty miserable sealed format, probably one of the most miserable seals I've ever played. Uh, hopefully draft will be better. Wow, but this is like the polar so opposite for me. This is the first time in a long time that I've enjoyed Limited. Uh <gasps> Yeah, I know. I'm like, whoa! I I am really happy to play limited this set. It's so it, much it's fun. your favorite format, Krim. You draw a lot of cards, have a bunch of one fours, do nothing, and the other guy loses the decking. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's funny because like I actually there was one sealed right. I had a friend, and he played 47 cards, and I'm like, what? <laughs> That's a smart man. That's and, a smart and dude, person. he did not mill out. <laughs> he did not mill out, <laughs> and he won this match. And I'm like. That that is a person. That is a man of culture, right there. I like that. I like this person. <laughs> Forty-seven cards. I was like, why stop there? Why don't we play sixty? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
play play them all. Yeah, <laughs> if dude, you open it, you play it. The, your opponent can't play around everything if you just load your deck up with your entire pool. All right. But yeah. yeah like, oh, and es- escape is so stupid in, in Seals. It's so like, your good. Creatures are actually just immortal. This is why the game goes forever, right? Because you just escape the same creature like four times in a row and whoever runs out first you have to run graveyard removal like oh there, yeah there's no way around it you have to main deck i main deck that, so. that yeah like the lamp or whatever yeah. the the lamp is yeah. amazing and and another thing that is uh like so sweet though like in in like specifically in two-headed giant like is getting dunked on by gary because it doubles <laughs> And I, oh, it counts? We, we played we wow. played against somebody, right? And it was the sickest thing ever. They they play Gary, they have a devotion of six. We're at twenty, we're like, whatever. And then and then I'm like, and then uh, they have this devotion of six, we're at twenty. They play Gary, I'm like, alright. And they're like, oh, it's twelve. I'm like, oh yes, yes it is. I'm like, well, okay, cool. And then they play the white flicker card, and then I'm like, oh man <laughs> and we i was sitting there with like kiora best the sea god we're about to kill them we have a full loaded board with my whole team and i and then we died out of nowhere <laughs> like Ooh. this format is pretty fun like I, in my opinion at least and like yeah like having cards like heliod's intervention in the main deck was so solid i just blew up everything <laughs> yeah like so yeah this this format to me is a blast and maybe it's because it plays kind of like you, like like everybody has something to do always as long as escape is there you have everybody almost is pretty much a mana sink right and i think that that is a huge part in why it's so fun to me <laughs> that's the game i mean if you pay to go to play pre-release you're definitely gonna play the entire duration because the games <laughs> just simply do not end <laughs> you will play magic there is <laughs> there is a promise and, and that promises that you will play magic I, I prefer the dominaria style with like the kicker or whatever that you know you can sink mana but you just don't have unlimited cards which is basically this this format like oh my god the the stupid green creatures that escape are like such a pain <laughs> they just keep coming back they're like did you deal with my five five how about again how about one more time? How about a third time? I mean, and there's like the the black edict one is really yeah, good. Yeah, that one the 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 not second non gorgon creature. That card is sweet, but that's why final death has been so important, and that's why I've been like I've been not killing the creatures, like I, like the three four gorgon that you just mentioned. I just put Meyer's grasp on it, <laughs> and I'm just like, well, you're staying here. You're sitting here, and I'm not killing you. <laughs> I actually think Timret is like one of the best cards. Oh you yeah, just sit there in exile with free mana. Does it cost you a card? You gain some life. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, like you get to sink all your mana into like Timmy, and then Timmy does work. I I am a fan of that card. That's why I also love Elspeth's Nightmare, things like that. So this limited format has been a blast for me, in my opinion, and like I loved it. I I opened like one of them. I opened a Gravebreaker Lamia, and then just like threw away my Croxa, and I'm just like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't really figured out limited for this set yet. I played, we did a little bit on stream. It was hard to figure out though, because our pools were not very good. We did two seals and, uh, we just did not have, uh, any like bombs. So that was a little bit awkward, but, uh, it does seem, uh, fun-ish, but I really want to, uh, hit up the drafts more and see how drafting is. Uh, in general, I like drafting more than sealed anyway. So hopefully I'll be able to get in some, uh, some drafting and, and see hours what it's until like. You can draft? Oh, you can draft now, right? I think it started this morning on Arena. Oh, yeah. it's the gem, the gem only draft, though. Yes, gem only draft, uh, and it is it is up on Modo too. If you want to draft against other people, I, I incinerated so. so many gems, losing to all my Theros sealed pools. 
I'm like, I don't know how much is how, what is the gem to dollar ratio? Oh, I forgot. I think uh, you get what twenty thousand for a hundred dollars, or no? Yeah, twenty thousand for a hundred dollars. Twenty thousand? Oh, so I just oh, that's not bad. I just like wasted fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like ten ten ish dollars. Like, whatever. That's like going to a pre-release. That's like going to a pre-release, right? Like that's two pre-releases. That's two pre-releases. Yeah. Oh man! And y- you get some amount of gems back, even if you like scrub. I think we went three, three, three in one of them, and you get back like twelve hundred out of the two thousand it costs or something. So maybe but you don't get anything back if you go zero three, Seth. Oh, <laughs> which I, I, I have done that, Richard. <laughs> I have done. I have done this. I'm like, this was a sick deck, guys. I'm like, no, why? Why am I sucking so bad? What happened? <laughs> I know nothing about magic. <laughs> uh, so all right any other theros slash standard thoughts before we answer some fish mail today <laughs> magic <laughs> you're gonna play a lot of it when it comes to limited <laughs> uh, well let's uh answer a lot of fish mail all right if you have questions send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg fish mail and we'll get to your questions on air at the tired tracker what do you think about treasure cruise and pioneer will it get banned or can i keep playing is it phoenix Uh, i think dig through time is more likely to get banned than treasure cruise but i think there's a chance they just both get banned i i would be surprised if we're looking at pioneer like three or four years from now and the delve cards are still legal i i do think that at some point yes it will get to a level that is ridiculous but for right now I don't find those cards that bad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Pioneer, everything's about at the same power level. What you're getting, sure. It, it, it's nice to have, like, dig, whatever, seven cards and then grab two or draw three. But I don't know. Those cards just seem okay right now. Like, they're they're powerful. They're, like, huge. They're a huge draw to why I like Pioneer because you can play crazy powerful cards. And I don't know. But at the same time, every deck has about the same power level. All right, I'll take that as a challenge, Krim, as I upgrade my Bogles deck. I mean, yes, week. yes, maybe, <laughs> maybe, all maybe you'll change Theros that. Cards. <laughs> maybe you'll change I that. I swear, it's a good deck, guys, I swear. Uh, <laughs> at 11 Vicious, card advantage for white. A Johnny Sanctuary, one white, white enchantment, have target opponent gain three life, draw a card. Hmm. Oh, that's, that's too good. Wait, what? You just draw your deck. Oh, oh, so you just, it's like That's reverse. an enchantment, right? Yeah, you, you, they gain three life, you draw a card. Oh, yeah, I will let you gain 300 life, and I draw 100 cards. Sure. <laughs> Go. <laughs> <laughs> I like where that's heading. Maybe if it was, like, use this once a turn or something, that still might be, like, too good. But if there's one thing we've learned from cards like Necro, life totals are not especially relevant. And I think, like, giving your opponent life is even less painful than paying life. Like, to yeah. me, that reads, like, way more powerful Necropotence. Yeah. 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 It has to be something like you can only cast one spell a turn or something, <laughs> like, attached to this, like a, a silence or something on top of this. Like, if, yeah. if you're playing a creature deck, it's not bad. But it, people just use this in their combo decks, and they don't care how much life you gain because they're going to kill you in one shot. Uh, so on the topic of white, what about from True Cross 7-7? White spell, two into white, so three CMC. Put the top two cards of your deck onto the battlefield face down. They are 1-1 human soldiers. When these creatures die, put them in hand. Hmm. I kind of like that. We've had, we've had a, like, manifest in white before, 
be pretty good. Uh, and that's kind of like the Ugin ability from uh, Ugin the Ineffable. I could see that. <sighs> yeah. No? Well, like, what are one one soldiers worth? If we're three mana? I mean, they're they're there to die, I think. <laughs> so you get to draw those cards. Like that's the, that's the main purpose. <laughs> but they're supposed to there to win the game through combat. <laughs> you could, <laughs> I don't know, doubling season them or something. Doubling two, two nights season with vigilance. <laughs> uh, AJ Hewitt, what if White had card draw based on your opponents, like reverse balance? Ba- like so, like based. Like, like, let's say the difference between the number of cards in your hand and your opponents you draw it. That'd be pretty so we've, cool. We've seen that in with some colorless cards. So I'm assuming if it's okay for colorless, it's got to be okay for white. That could be a way to go about it. Wait, which colorless cards have this? Ooh, I forget the name of it. It's a seven mana four four flyer from one of the commander decks. That when it comes into play, you draw equal up to whatever your opponent with the most cards has. Oh, I should put this in my white decks. <laughs> <laughs> it would. It would actually be probably pretty powerful for aggro decks especially if it was like costed fairly cheaply you could just like empty your hand and then play that as like a, a self wheel of fortune almost oh, i just want real balance give me real balance <laughs> just for like one standard season <laughs> it, it would only oh. make it for about like one standard month <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, I i was actually thinking like okay what's a white thing land destruction so we'll tie card draw to land destruction so you armageddon and for each land that dies draw a card <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah, fun for every fun for everyone. And then for every two lands, you may put a land from your hand into play. After right, while, yes, while yes, we're at for it, every for every card you draw, you may put a land. From your hand. <laughs> oh, so balanced. That's basically yeah. So, so you pretty much want one sided <laughs> land destruction. You got you got it. <laughs> All right, lol gold steel. What about? Uh, white is about taxing. What about like a white ristic study or ghostly prison? I ghostly actually white ristic study white exists. Idea. It's called whatever smothering type. <laughs> no, that doesn't draw you cards. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't need to. You have a ton of mana. I think white I ristic actually, study would be pretty good. I actually think that might be the easiest way to go. Like, because uh, that is on theme for white with its taxing effect. So I would be fine with white having, and it works. It's like similar to mana tithe, the smothering tithe. There's a lot of white cards that have that effect. So maybe that is like the way to go. Yeah, I like to see like a Thalia. Ristic tithe. Except it's an optional tax. And if you don't pay the tax, then the player gets to draw a card. That could work. Uh, all right. Taylor of Brisket. What about this for white card draw? One white for an enchantment with at the beginning of your upkeep. If you do not control the most lands, draw a card. It, that kind of works with... So like land tax-ish type card. Yeah. If you do not own uh, control the most amount of lands on board, you draw an additional card. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. I like that. I mean, like, it yeah, helps kind of, you... It's basically fixed land tax, kind of. It's on Except- point with, like, land tax and other effects. So th- that yeah. would seem like something white could do. It would be in their color pie, I think. Yeah, I, I like that. All right. All right. Enough Enough of the white <laughs> card draw. We'll move on. Oh, crap. Now what? Hasn't claimed the firstborn started strong and gotten better every set. Lots of creatures with drawbacks for your opponents. Uh, have to worry about, like, escape. You get the payoff. This is the uh, the... The threaten one effect, mana, right? one mana, yeah, threaten yeah. something. CMC through yeah. the last. I think that I mean, card's I think, really good. Yeah, 
I've seen it. it I mean, people play it with the Priests of Forgotten Gods. Yep. Yeah, yep. I think you gotta have Sack out wet. So it's still, like, pretty, I think, narrow. But if you're playing, like, a, a Sacrifice stack, or now, I guess, like, a Thassa is another way you could take advantage yeah. of it. I've seen people Thassa my things. Uh, priest, and then also the, the Woe Strider or whatever, the free sack outlet, also Erebos. So Witches like Oven. Tons of Witches Oven, obviously. Yeah, so there's a lot of things to, to take and sack. Yeah, I think, and it also does get better with uh, with the Elder Titans around, because they're both, like, really powerful for their mana cost, but they technically are cheap enough that you can steal them, so. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. Right. <laughs> that, that feels so good that they all died a ritual of sit. <laughs> <laughs> but they just come back uh, right after that's why <laughs> Xenos fan 2 any chance we might see Underworld Breach in Modern Burn sideboard against grindy matches actually we're, we were talking about that actually uh, in uh, at a point and I, I think yeah I think you you were uh, you were suggesting that as a possibility yeah Maybe. yeah I, I think I think the idea of um the the underworld breach out of the sideboard or burn is actually like it's like not a meme. I think it's it's very real. Uh, it is your late game. That is your like <laughs> your final push for victory, pretty much. And then I I think it's it's solid. I definitely I like the idea because what is it? It's like you pay one for bolt. Like in modern, like cards don't cost mana. They're pretty much like one mana, right? So it, it's not too big of a deal. So you could load your yard up. You have a bunch of fetch lands. It's not hard for you to pay that uh, additional escape cost. Yeah, I could see it having potential. I think you'd be tr- thinking of it like probably maybe casting two spells. I guess my only concern is like for it to work, you probably have to have four mana. Like you got to be able to cast Underworld Dreams and cast two spells like if your burn deck is getting to four mana consistently, and you have you need what eight cards in your graveyard, yeah, it, but you have fetch lands to help, yeah. Like have I'd to, have to do some math to see how quickly you could actually do that and actually like think about it. But it seems like maybe it could work, right? Like, so like, it's like late game four mana six damage, basically. Yeah, is there a, something better we could do? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, four mana six damage is like one of like the things that could happen. But there's also games where I play against burn, and they'll just draw more lands than I will. But if they drew all those lands, will they have enough gas in the graveyard to... At that to point, like, probably, because they, they, they emptied their hand so fast. <laughs> I mean, you could, that's right? Because you have fetch lands, you have all the spells. That, that's why, like, I don't think this is, like, something I'd snap, like, put four of in my sideboard. I'd probably play, like, one or two. And what if you just play Hazaret <laughs> and just, like, smash their face? Hazaret is a thing you could do, Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. Hmm. I think I, I'm not completely opposed to it, but I'd have to think more about it. But I, I could see where Grimm's going with it. I'd have to look at the other options though, and re- and really think about it more before I before I like committed to it. I would need to have to play Burn to know about this. <laughs> hey, Oko, that, that Oko is, I, saw, is, I draw the line at Bogles, okay? Oko <laughs> Bogles is, is not really here strong. anymore, so you don't got to worry about Oko just ending your Burn dreams. All right, <laughs> you're good. Oh, I thought you were saying since Oko's banned, like, Burn wasn't playable anymore because people were playing Oko and Burn. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> like, no, no, no. I can't, yeah, can't yeah, play yeah. my Burn deck now that Oko's banned. I mean, also true. Also true. You can't play Burn anymore because, oh, wow. The meta, how will it recover? 
All right. That's the time, all the time we have for questions this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions, send them to at MTGGoldfish on Twitter with the hashtag MTGFishMail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 260 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about whatever happens in the world of magic. So, until then, this is the crew signing out.